Hi, this is Elizabeth Smith-McCrossan, here to provide you with my weekly constituency update for Cumberland North. Today is Tuesday, September the 5th. My mission as MLA for Cumberland North continues to be to represent the people of Cumberland North in the Nova Scotia House of Assembly. I'm an independent MLA, meaning I work for you, the people, based on a foundation of the principles of democracy, building on a foundation that is truth and justice, determination and dedication, honesty, and being a servant leader focusing on empowering all people. Together, you and I can build stronger communities using the strength of our veterans that came before us, standing firm on the four pillars of excellence in healthcare, affordability, education in our children, as well as entrepreneurship and our economy. Other work that I focus on is around maritime collaboration, protecting the Shignecto Isthmus, as well as truth and justice for victims of sexual assault and intimate partner violence or family violence. These are the priorities that I have, and they are in line with my vision for a positive, vibrant community here in Cumberland North. Well, today we have a great sadness over our communities as we grieve the passing, the tragic passing of a person from the Northport area who went missing uh, early Sunday morning and was found deceased yesterday by the search and rescue teams. This person was reported missing by their loved one and people searched the search and rescue teams, ground search and rescue, the RCMP dive team and helicopter crew, as well as many local fire department crews with their boats, including Tidnish Bridge, as well as Shinnemacass, Spring Hill, Tri-County, and others uh, helped to search for this missing person. And he was located yesterday, uh, late afternoon. So we are sending our sympathies, our condolences to the family and all the community as this dark cloud sits over the, the area of Tidnish and Northport today. And we are thinking of of everyone involved and especially thankful to our first responders, their men and the women that come out to serve in these types of tragic situations are just incredible and really heroes to us all. So we say thank you. And if you uh, get an opportunity, buy them a coffee, um, say thank you to any first responder that you have an opportunity to speak with over the next, over the next little while. I also would like to acknowledge uh, several businesses that that helped out, including Nicole Burke, who owns the Tidnish Scoop Shack. She made coffee available free to everyone uh, all day on Monday, as well as the owners of the Amherst Shore Country Store. They provided a lot of food, as well as Cavendish Farms brought out a significant amount of food for everyone. Uh, and then, of course, many volunteers and local people made food and brought out water and and drinks as well. So thank you to all those that helped out during this very somber time for the communities. Yesterday, of course, also was Labor Day Monday and many people listening had the day off. And we do want to say thank you to all of those 
People who continue to work and provide necessary services, such as hospital workers and our police officers and fire firefighters and paramedics and pharmacists. So thank you to all of those who did continue to work yesterday and provide necessary essential services to our communities. But Labor Day is always a, a great holiday weekend where people get a chance to uh, spend maybe that one last weekend at the family cottage or spend some time uh, traveling before getting back into the routine when school starts, which for many people will be this Wednesday, will be tomorrow. The history of Labor Day is actually quite fascinating. It goes back to around the times of Confederation and has its roots in an 1872 printer strike in Toronto. The workers were fighting for a nine-hour workday from a 12-hour workday, and it started a movement called the Nine-Hour Movement. It began in Hamilton, Ontario, and then spread to Toronto, where its demands were taken up by the Toronto Typographical Union. It's very interesting to look back at the history. In 1869, the union sent a petition to its members and employers requesting a weekly reduction in hours per week to 58 placing itself among leading advocates in the industrialized world for a shorter work week. And it's very interesting considering the the regular work week that we see now. Well, all of this started by protesters uh, leading the way back in 1872. So throughout the 1880s, there was a lot of pressure put on Canada to, to declare a national labor holiday. And on July the 23rd, 1894, the government of Prime Minister John Thompson, who was a conservative prime minister, passed a law making Labor Day official. A huge Labor Day parade took place in Winnipeg that year and stretched five kilometers. That's incredible. So that's a little bit of the history of Labor Day, and I hope everyone was able to enjoy it as much as possible, considering the tragedy that we did have here in our community. Last week, some of the work that I did as your MLA for the constituency included healthcare, agriculture, forestry, fishing, as well as roads, and a few other items as well. Of course, healthcare right now, what's dominating is the lack of family physicians that continues, as well as continued lack of ambulance services during emergencies. And this seems to be worsening and we are hearing from more and more people who at times of a medical emergency, there is an ambulance with paramedics not available. And I'm also hearing from paramedics confidentially, of course, They're letting me know how bad the conditions are. It's very upsetting for paramedics when they're staffing an ambulance that's pulled out of Cumberland County, often into Halifax area, and they know that they're leaving their own family and loved ones back in Cumberland County without any local ambulance service coverage. So it's very upsetting for them, and it causes them even more stress in their jobs than that what they already have. And of course, they have very stressful jobs. Paramedics as well as law enforcement uh, deal with the tragedies, the accidents, uh, often very upsetting and sometimes disturbing situations that they find themselves in. It's very traumatic work and very difficult work. And to to know that they are being pulled away from their own communities into Halifax or other areas and leaving their own people without emergency ambulance coverage is very, very stressful for them. 
I seem to be hearing from people almost daily, people from around the area who have called 911 during a medical emergency and there's been no ambulance available uh, in a timely manner. And just last week, I was contacted by someone to let me know that out of seven ambulances that Cumberland County would have, and we have them normally positioned in Pugwash, Oxford, Amherst, Spring Hill, and Parsboro, and in those areas, we normally would have seven ambulances staffed with paramedics. This one particular night, there was only one staffed, only one ambulance out of seven that actually had paramedics staffed. And of course, that one ambulance was then pulled out of Cumberland County that night. And I heard from someone in the know that that night there actually were no ambulances available between Cumberland County and Cape Breton. It's hard to believe, but they were all in the city. And we know that offloading times are a big factor and that many ambulances, many paramedics get tied up in emergency departments uh, waiting to offload their patients because the emergency rooms are so, so crowded. So there's definitely a need for a deep dive into the emergency ambulance services, and uh, we need to find ways to make improvements uh, to save people's lives. Just last week, myself, I witnessed a medical emergency in downtown Amherst, and thankfully there were angels there dressed as nurses from public health, and they immediately were able to attend to this person, provide um, some medical care to ensure their safety. But it was very stressful for everyone, myself included, uh, waiting for an ambulance. And what causes even more stress is currently the 911 dispatcher is not allowed to tell people when an ambulance is estimated to come. They're not allowed to give an ETA and not even to law enforcement. So this is something that I've called for in the legislature in the past. I've asked for the Minister of Health to change that policy because if you know that someone is having a medical emergency and there's a 15-minute wait versus a three-hour wait, that changes the dynamic of the situation and uh, you know, information is power. So we need to make sure that people know how long they have to wait for an ambulance. And uh, I will be asking for that when we return to the legislature this fall. I already have tabled several pieces of legislation, all with the intent of improving emergency ambulance services. And of course, one was called Allie's Bill, and we tabled that after the tragic death of Allison Holtoff. It's Bill 267, and it's a law regarding the wait times for ambulance ambulances and emergency rooms. I've also tabled other bills that provide solutions, such as Bill 295, which is a cross-border emergency ambulance services strategy act, which asks our governments to work together collectively, New Brunswick and Nova Scotia. Also, Bill 192, an amendment to the Emergency Health Services Act to improve accountability for emergency ambulance services. And right now, there doesn't seem to be any accountability. We have a contract, we meaning the government of Nova Scotia, has a contract with a private company, Medivy Blue Cross, to provide emergency ambulance services. It's a private company. There should be some accountability that ensures that this private company is meeting key performance standards, key performance indicators. This is what is expected in other provinces. 
and uh, will be asking, continue to be asking for the same here in Nova Scotia. So I wanted to let you all know that is definitely front and center in the priorities for me, us here in Cumberland. And this is not just a Cumberland County issue. I don't want to pretend that it is, uh, but, but uh, my role as MLA for Cumberland North is to be the voice of the people here and to represent you. So I'm speaking on your behalf, uh, but I'm hearing from people all over the province. This is definitely a province-wide issue. And I'm even hearing from people in New Brunswick letting me know that it's similar similar problems in New Brunswick. And keep in mind, it's the same private company that provides services for emergency ambulance services in New Brunswick as well. Just a quick note, there's been quite a bit of road work done here recently. And finally, we had some work done on the Blue Sea Beach Road last week where roadsides were finally trimmed back. A letter was sent to the Premier as well as Minister of Public Works about three weeks ago from myself. And I am pleased to see that work finally, finally done. You'll see this week I'm coming out with an affordability plan. It's a five-point plan. And where I'm going to be asking government to remove the HST from fuel. I'm asking the government to remove tax on tax. I always like to do a deep dive into things to find out information. And it was about two years ago I looked into what actually makes up the price of fuel and did a little study, went into the uh, utility and review board to look at how they set the price of fuel. And I'll just say quickly, it's basically the commodity price of fuel, which that is a, a world price for the price of oil. They take that commodity price and then they add on several other um prices. So we look at a, a transportation fee. So depending on where you live in Nova Scotia, it's different. In uh, Cape Breton, it's higher than anywhere else in the province. So we pay a little extra here uh, in Cumberland County because they have to transport the fuel to us from the Halifax area. Then on top of that, there's of course now the carbon tax, which is 14.1 cents per liter. There's a federal gas tax, which is called the federal excise tax. That's 10 cents per liter. There's a provincial gas tax, a provincial motive fuel tax. That's 15.5 cents per liter. So you've got three taxes right there on top of the commodity price. Once you have all of those uh, prices, costs put in place, then there is, of course, the retail margin. And that's so that the person who's selling the gas here in your local communities, uh, the owners of the gas stations can try to make a bit of a profit. So then they, they put on that retail margin. And then on top of all of that, we pay 15% HST. So fundamentally, I believe that is flawed because I don't believe governments should be able to charge tax on tax. So I'm going to be asking, calling on the Premier of Nova Scotia this week to remove the provincial portion of HST from the price of fuel. And fundamentally, it should be removed nationwide. Uh, in every province of Canada, HST, we should not be paying tax on tax. I'm going to continue my call for an increase in basic personal tax exemption, as well as an increase in income tax brackets yearly in line with inflation. I'm going to call for an increase in housing and start by lowering the Bank of Canada interest rates, as well as promote the purchase of greenhouses for both personal use as well as commercial to increase local access to local food production. So that is part of my affordability plan, which I will be promoting this week and announcing. 
This week is back to routine for many families as it's back to school time. So I want to say a big shout out to all the teachers, all the teaching assistants, all of the staff, the bus drivers, the custodians, and secretaries, all the people that help to educate our our children and all the students here throughout Cumberland North, Cumberland County, Nova Scotia, and the Maritimes. So a big shout out to everyone. I wish everyone a very successful school year ahead. The last few years have been rough with the pandemic, and I just really hope that everyone has a great school year ahead. And of course, it's time to wish everyone who's celebrating a birthday or anniversary this week a special day. Yesterday, September the 4th, was Howard Gotell's birthday. So Howard is a very special man, has a a beautiful heart. He does so much for our communities and, of course, has worked with the Catholic, Catholic Church here in the town of Amherst for many years. That's how I first met him. So sending belated birthday wishes to Howard Gotell today. Today, Tuesday, September the 5th, is Brian Martin's birthday. Happy birthday, Brian. And Wednesday, tomorrow, September the 6th, is Jennifer Bickerton's birthday. Thursday, September the 7th, is Beverly White's birthday. Happy birthday, Beverly. On Friday, September the 8th, is Leanne Marchbank. And Leanne, I want to say a shout out, even though she doesn't live here, of course, she spends a lot of her time, her and her husband and three beautiful children, spend a lot of time here because their parents are Patty and Rod Gilroy. And of course, we love Leanne and wish her a happy birthday today. On Saturday, September the 9th, is my cousin, Linda Mattinson's birthday. So happy birthday, Linda, on Saturday. I would like to extend my sympathies to anyone who has lost a loved one recently, including the family and friends of Ermgard Wobeking, Sheila Elaine Patsy Reed, as well as Joseph Robert Valerie or Val LeBlanc. If anyone else has lost a loved one at this time, please accept my condolences. I would like to say a big thank you to Mr. Ron Bickle as well as James Hand and everyone at CFTA 107.9. Thank you for providing me with this opportunity to share with you my weekly constituency update for Cumberland North. I hope everyone has a great week. I'm restarting my Let's Move Cumberland Challenge. It's something that I started back six years ago and encouraging everyone to share pictures, share photos of what you're doing for physical activity in your life. And if you have an opportunity, take a picture, share it on Facebook, on the Let's Move Cumberland Facebook page, and let's all motivate and inspire each other to get physically active and to help and encourage a healthy lifestyle. So everyone have a great week. Take care of your body, mind, and spirit. Take care of yourselves and always look for ways to help take care of others. Take care and have a great week.